What does it take for women to be financially independent? Wealth management expert Tula Jaleska shares the answers that come from decades of industry experience in two very exciting online platforms that she's built to help women close the gender gap around financial knowledge. A steady diet of happiness may just be about loving yourself enough to reduce your financial stress and setting goals and safeguards to protect against life challenges like COVID and economic downturns. With your financial health in mind, here is Tula Jaleska. Welcome to Sippin' On Stories, where we take you into the lives of diverse and unique change makers who turn anxiety fear, and passion into powerful recipes for success. Good stories build insightful connections, but great stories. Now, that's something special. Today's story is one of those stories. Hi, everyone. My name is Rose McInerney, and welcome back to Sipping on Stories. Today, we're sipping on what women need to be financially independent. If the thought of this scares you, you're not alone. Millions of women around the world shy away from managing their finances for so many reasons. But today, Tula Jaleska is going to share two of the exciting platforms that she's built on her mission to change all that. Yes, women do lag behind men when it comes to understanding how financial tools like savings and investing work, but after you hear how easy Tula has made it for women to take control of their financial health and wealth, I hope you'll be on your way to a new and powerful you. So grab a little something to sip on with me here as we meet Tula, and while you're pouring, maybe you could put a little extra energy into those fingers and hit that subscribe button. Okay, maybe that was a little corny, but my team and I do hope that you'll subscribe anyway. And while you're at it, visit our Sipping on Stories website where you can learn more about Tula. There's links to her websites and her social media handles. And thanks to our great sponsor, Womanscape.com, you'll also see a link to a feature article about Tula Jaleska as a change maker in their latest What If magazine. It's on sale now at Womanscape.com. Well, time is money, so let's get started. Tula Jaleska, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you so much, Rose, for having me again. I'm, I'm excited to share some of my thoughts on this topic. Oh, wonderful. There is, there's not going to be enough time in this podcast. So I'm going to just call it out right now. There is so much, there is literally and pun intended, a wealth of knowledge (laughs) here (laughs) with Tula and um, Tula is the host of her own podcast show as well. So let's start with a call out to that because I want people to hit a subscribe button, not just for Sipping on Stories, but for what you're sharing, Tula. Can you tell people where to go for your podcast? Yes. Well, first, I, I want to say I think podcasts are extremely important right now, especially you know during COVID. People are tired of being on their computer, and I think people like to learn in different ways. So we really feel that we want to have as many types of forums for women to learn. Um, and podcasts, I think, enable more of a bite-sized learning, and you can do them while you're you know relaxing on the couch, you know, going for a walk, uh, driving in the car. So. We are spending a lot of time at the Women's Collection. Um, it's thewomenscollection.ca. We have a number of podcasts and articles and, and other uh, tools as well. But 
the podcast really focus on all kinds of topics. It's sometimes it's me just talking um, about topics of interest, but I also interview a number of, of specialists in the industry. So whether it's about your credit rating and how to improve that or awareness of it, how to start investing, you know, the different types of retirement accounts, um, you know, credit distress, some of the options there. Really, it's it's soup to nuts. So uh, we cover all topics. And again, we, you know, they're not an hour long. We try to keep them, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. So something that, you know, women should find the time and can find the time uh, to listen. And we hope more women listen to the podcast we're putting out there. Absolutely. Okay. So we'll talk more about the women's collection and the women's collie and how you can follow uh, Tula and the incredible work she's doing. I know I've also seen you do a number of discussions as well on the Money and Wealth Show. Correct. So again, we're doing, you know, interviewing various people, uh, experts. Uh, Most recently, we did an episode uh, interviewing three different women um, from across Canada um, that are part of financial services firms and talking about what they're seeing uh, in terms of COVID and the impact it's having on clients and financial advisors and some of the tools that financial advisors are employing uh, to help uh, their clients through it. So that was a very popular episode. Let's take a second to rewind. And again, we'll we'll scratch the surface when it comes to what is this gender gap all about? And I know I shared some questions ahead of time with Tula. And one of them was, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, are women financially illiterate? What is it really that has promoted this need for what you're doing? What's the knowledge deficit? What's going on here? Well, first of all, I love that question. I, I think... Um, Financially illiterate is a very strong term because financial literacy encompasses so many things. It's knowing about credit cards to savings to budgeting to investing. So I would probably, you know, try to frame it in a way that the financial literacy for women is weak. Um, Most women do understand some of these concepts um, and areas. um, But conversely, in terms of what I consider financial literacy you need to have enough knowledge to enable that financial security and empowerment. Um, That's the key. So the fundamentals around creating your plan and and creating uh, empowerment and security for your future, those are the the pieces that all form that are are what is missing. And I would say this is, uh, and I I use this word uh, all the time because it truly is ubiquitous. I have done research and, and interviewed women in countries all around the world And it's the same challenge. The exact same uh, factors exist, Um, albeit in some more developed nations, obviously, that there might be a little bit uh, higher on the scale. But generally speaking, financial literacy of women is far below that of men. Right. Okay. So I think calling it out is a great place to start. And then you speak about an optimal word called plan. So we're going to get to what does it mean to plan, but I love the way that you have ensconced this here. You've really said that around the world, women are suffering from some deficit. There are gaps here in what our knowledge level isn't, where it should be in relation to men and where it isn't. And so this is really what you're addressing. Why do you think that is? Are there simple reasons? I think there's a number of factors. I think probably the biggest factor is these traditional roles. Women do the budgeting and take care of the household expenses um, and have, you know, over time, largely delegated 
or relegated um, financial decisions uh, to their significant others, their spouses, men. Um, and a lot of that comes from when you just look at how the, the minds of women and how, it, how they differ from the minds of men and how we think, uh, women need a lot more information before then they really want to understand a decision, especially when it comes to finances, before making that decision. And they think more broadly about if I, you know, make a mistake, the implications for my family, I don't want to make that mistake. So I will, I will uh, divert it to somebody else. Um, but if they have the information and know that that's how they think, then they can be more empowered to make those decisions. So I think that's a really big one. Second, women um, somehow think we're not good with finances and we're not good with math and believing that that's what investing is all about. You don't need to have a math degree to understand the principles that are behind investing and savings and what's, you know, on how to construct a proper financial plan. So I think we already sort of take our foot off the gas and assume, oh, I'm not good with that stuff. And then don't take the time to learn. So to me, those would be, and the third one I would say is just confidence, which relates to the first two top comments I made that we don't have the confidence. We think I'm not going to be good at that and men are much better. And we always believe that men and men really don't know that much more than women. I would say there is obviously a, a gap there, but lots of men don't know, but they're much easier, you know, able to fake their way through it. Um, I will say that from experience, uh, fake their way through it or just, you know, go for it and put it out there. So, um, and I would just add one other thing. Women think about long-term goals where men more think about it in steps. So we need this holistic long-term thinking in terms of a framework for looking at investing. Or again, we don't have that in front of us. Someone's not guiding us the way we need it, the information we need. So we will, you know, again, put it on to somebody else to, to manage for us. Right. I can see that too. If you're thinking in terms of goals or big picture, and I'm just going to call this out. I know for me, I love to multitask. I'm so proud of how I juggle a pile of different things. Me too. You know, and my husband's in the investment area and he's not all about multitasking. He likes those steps that you're talking about, Tula. So it could be very, very daunting for someone, you know, like me that has the big picture and doesn't know how to carve out a path. And this is what you are doing. Essentially, it's as simple as that, isn't it? It's where to start. How do I understand what I need to know um, to enable that financial empowerment? So really, it's getting started and how to change some of these behaviors um, and debunk some of the myths. Right. And give women the confidence. So let's start with the women's collection and then we can get into smart money for her. Can you give us a little overview, give the listeners an overview of what is the women's collection? Why is it there? How does it work? And where do they have to go to get going on this? Oh, well, that's very easy. Um, well, first I'll start with the word collection. Um, the reason why we called it that was as we looked at resources that are out there in the marketplace online, there's a tremendous amount of resources. But how do you know well, there's mis there's different information? It's not always in the right context. You'd have to go, you know, a zillion places to find all of this crucial information. So we wanted to make it a collection and have it all in one place. So one-stop shopping, um, I would say, and it's free shopping. There is no charge to uh, get educated on our platform. Um, we wanted to democratize that and, and not have it that some women would be disadvantaged in terms of being able to afford the learning. So uh, the learning is free. Um, so it includes a number of things. Again, I mentioned the podcast. There are articles. 
there are life events. If you're going through a divorce, there's tips and tools around that. Um, if you're having a, a child for the first time and some financial considerations, how to construct a plan, how to pick a financial advisor, because we do um, promote uh, that financial advice is beneficial to almost everyone, unless you're actually uh, that professional yourself managing your own money. Um, so all of those things and understanding the fees you pay an advisor, we've really tried to cover suit to nuts. Again, in all kinds of forums, we have workbooks, we have guides to investing that you can download. Um, you know, we've really tried to make it as robust as possible, again, encompassing different life events. And we're always adding more content. Uh, we want to be adding shortly some content around getting your children engaged in savings and investing and covering some topics that are not covered in school. Um, to, you know, around COVID, if you don't have a lot of money right now, what can you still be doing um, to be on that journey? So um, so it's the womenscollection.ca. And again, uh, register and you can access everything that we have to offer and we will continue to build until we believe it has everything possible for every question and need that a woman might have. Okay. So women have no excuse not to know, especially if they're listening to this podcast right now. It's so simple to get started and to learn the tools. We start there with education, right? Correct. But what I would say, Rose, that I think the biggest challenge that I see out there for women, they'll get excited and say, yeah, I'm going to go on there and learn. And then guess what? They need to go get groceries or the kids need something or their spouse or whatever work. And as women, we're we tend to be so dedicated to everything externally. And then we, that goes to the bottom of the list. When I've done all these 10 things, then I'll go online and do my learning. When we have to learn, that is as important as everything else. In fact, it should be more important because it's our financial future. It's our financial health. There is no reason why we can't put a meeting in our calendar once a week, just like our other meetings, to say, this is a meeting with me, my own meeting, my own financial education and planning. So that's where women need to get better. I can only, you know, bring the platform out there, but I need women to really be committed and be reminded that this should be one of their top priorities. Yes. So maybe we need to take exactly what Tula is saying and move it into that. If you love yourself enough, if you love your family enough, if you care enough to have the resources to take the stress off, to understand that you are in control, because I think that's what it comes down to. You can be in control. It doesn't have to be daunting. But if you love yourself, take this time. I completely agree, Rose. I was reading an article uh, the other day, which I found quite interesting, and it was talking about the finance or the wellness trends coming up in 2021, and people are looking for wellness retreats and you know, doing yoga and Reiki and eating healthy, and that the biggest trend that they think upcoming in, in, in coinciding with that is financial wellness as part of these retreats and programs because it's such a key component. So that rate that that underscores your point about do you love yourself? If you're gonna go take care of your body and your mind, you know, this is a huge aspect that if women don't take care of now, I can tell you that the ramifications are, are significant if they don't. Yes. And I think this is a good segue into what smart money for her is all about, because it is about setting an intention, a goal, following through and seeing the exponential effect. So we wanted to create something um, that was simple, transparent, uh, low cost, 
easy to understand for, you know, invest female investors at any level of experience or expertise to get started. So we created a robo-platform. Um, and if you don't know what a robo-platform is, it's essentially artificial intelligence and technology is driving the decisions behind the scenes. Um, and it's meant for smaller amounts. We actually put our minimum at an unprecedented $500 could get you started, uh, which is a very small amount. Um, you can put that in and essentially you drive what happens with that money. You answer questions based on what's your risk profile? How, how long of a horizon do you have until you're going to need the money? Do you need some of that money earlier for liquidity? Um, you drive the decision and then the portfolio is structured in exactly in accordance with your wishes um, and what you're trying to achieve. Um, it uses what are called exchange, exchange traded funds. Um, and I don't want to get too much into some of the fancy nomenclature because I don't want to lose anybody, but uh, essentially they're low cost instruments that really just track uh, what the market does. So to give you an example, if you had um, a mining uh, ETF, exchange traded fund in the mining industry, you see you hear on the news that stocks are going up in that industry, your portfolio would move up the exact same amount. So it, it takes the guessing out of, is my portfolio advisor doing a good job or not? Um, and helps to understand how markets influence how your portfolio moves in a very simple fashion, low cost. Um, again, there's no other fees for another advisor or other things, um, completely transparent. And so I think it's a good way to start learning. And even if you put in $5,000, again, it's the tool that you start building these knowledge stepping stones. Um, again, I always, you know, reinforce the need for professional financial advice, you know, on a bigger portfolio. But when people say, how do I get started? This is one way. Um, and that you will start understanding the dynamics that go into place in terms of wealth creation or, you know, managing um, your finances. So, it is a way to easily get started. You can go online 20 minutes. Um, everything is done uh, electronically through documentation. And um, and the platform itself is customized for women. So taking into account when you fill in some of your preferences, it knows that you're likely going to live longer than men, for example, or that you might have a pause for maternity leave. Um, it's goals-based, which again, back to my earlier point, Women, uh, you know, time and time again, any study shows that we really like that idea of what goal am I reaching for? What do I want to accomplish in 10 years? So that is all built in and customized. Um, but again, it is a tool to get you started. Or even if you have a little bit of money you put in there and you have the rest professionally managed to help you build your confidence and understand, again, in a very simple way, how investing in markets work. Right. And I think this is really important to call out as well, that for many of us that are more cash strapped, especially because we've got this stress hanging over us about where is where the market's going, how long will they be okay? What do we have to worry about? So people may be reluctant to start on this path thinking, well, I don't know if I have enough disposable money to do that right now. I'll do it when things get a little bit better. And in fact, I bet you would tell them just the opposite. Absolutely. Volatility creates opportunity. Um, so I would say if you looked at the chart of stock markets over all the years, yes, they go up and down, but they always go up. <laughs> they will increasingly 
always gradually move up. Um, so that's why it's important. There's no one has a crystal ball to say today's the perfect day to get in the market. Um, again, it could be down one day and that's the day you start, but it could go down the next day and, you know, day two, you're already down, but day three, it's back up again. So we do know, you know, there's factual evidence to support that stock markets do go up over time. And again, with this volatility right now, every day is going to be different, but it's about long term. Don't focus on, you know, looking at a portfolio every day, every week. I don't even open my statements because I know that my portfolio is aligned to my goals. Um, my risk profile, and in the long term, it's I'm going to get there. So I think that methodology and framework is really, really important for the long term. Okay, super, super easy. So you've got two ways to do it. You can go on to Smart Money for Her, and you can invest a minimal amount, as little as $500, which is a lot for some people today, but don't put off. And this is record-breaking. I mean, this is the other thing that Tula is emphasizing here. You can get in at such a low cost, but also you offer as well for those people that would like to have a little more hand-holding, maybe something in person. How does that work with Smart Money for Her? So you do have access to a portfolio manager if there's questions and certainly, you know, a walkthrough at the beginning. If it was a full advice and a constant communication, obviously we could not keep the cost so low. Um, but the technology is proven. Uh, the platform is proven. It's regulated by the same regulators as any other uh, financial institution in Canada. And the other thing is it, it removes the stress of worrying, should I get out of the market? When do I buy more? When do I get out? That is all automatically taken care of. So you can be rest assured that, again, it's not just technology. There's people behind the scenes that are obviously have the expertise, but that is all rebalanced uh, in accordance with, again, your goals and preferences. So there's a peace of mind uh, with that, that it's not sitting there and some advisor, you know, forgot to do something to your portfolio as a result of changing market conditions. Right. That's great. It really does make it easy. And I should point out that Tula's platforms, both of them, they really are groundbreaking. Smart Money for Her is the first and only robo-advising platform for women in Canada. Is that right? Correct. Um, and I would say apart from the U.S., where um, there is one similar platform, albeit I would argue there are differences in terms of the approach, there is no other in the entire world. And we are seeing interest from other markets. You had mentioned India. Um, where they are looking at this kind of technology and platform to start, you know, building uh, financial literacy for, you know, the, the millions of women in India. That's incredible. It's so exciting. And maybe we can use that as a segue into numbers as well, because around the world, you have mentioned that if these platforms don't exist, you can have very well-educated workforces and women, because women are, we're half the workforce, we're half the sky in the world. If we are not getting our money to work for us, this is massive. It has massive consequences, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, you know, we really need to move the dial on this because as I mentioned at the beginning, the consequences are dire. You know, first and foremost, the stress that it creates. When women, you know, more and more, this is going to create more stress, whether it, I haven't planned enough, I'm worried about retirement, and you're worrying about having that security, or whether you've maybe inherited a bunch of money and you have no idea, you know, what to do with it. That is another source of stress, which some people may say that's a nice problem to have, but I've met women going through that and it's just completely 
overwhelming. And when you look at the stress that we are under, then that stress, you know what? It cascades down to our children, our spouses. It cascades into our our workplace. So now you're affecting productivity and the economy and, and those things at a broader scale. But most importantly, your health. There is a direct correlation, as everyone knows, with stress and health. And financial stress is determined to be one of the biggest factors. Uh, right now, and a very key uh, issue in a number of, of workplaces. So, um, I think you know that overall stress, and and women are going to be inheriting. I, I call this tsunami of wealth. Um, and there's some pretty big figures out there because women are living longer than spouses. They're making their own money. They're inheriting um, money from their families. And again, it, it can be overwhelming in terms of what do I do with all this? How does it fit in? And my concern also from that perspective is women, you know, our goal is to leave legacies much more than men. That is one of our objectives when we talk about our financial goals. And if our money, you know, isn't properly planned for or managed, then we're diluting that legacy for generations to come. So, you know, we need to protect that and make sure that we're doing all the things that matter, regardless of how much money we have. Again, it's about our goals. And if leaving a legacy for your children is one of those goals, you know, how do we make sure that uh, we, uh, we achieve that? Yes. I love that you use, you know, when we look at the woman's collection, that you talk about this being like a shopping experience and women will identify with this. If it's a two for one sale on shoes, you'd be crazy (laughs) to leave those shoes behind and force yourself to walk into a future where you're knowingly letting the stress build instead of maybe just giving it a go and just dipping your toe in it, starting and doing it very slowly so that you'll find quickly you may even embrace this and feel really great about finance. And I think, again, and it's not just a one-time event that you go in and learn. I mean, all of a sudden you have children and now you want to learn about education funds for your children and the pros and cons to that, or again, going through a divorce or you know, there's various, you know, times in your life where you're going to need to know different things. You're starting up your own business. How does that, you know, impact things? Or I'm ready to retire. How do I know what kind of money I can take out and when? So I think the life events are important. Um, To your point, you know, starting somewhere and acknowledging that this is a priority. It's, you know, just as much of a priority as going to get groceries and, and eating and nourishing my body. Um, you got to start now because again, the longer you wait, and I've seen this trend, um, even amongst some of my own friends, which always really disappoints me because they know what I do. Um, when they say, well, I've already waited so long now, I feel really stupid. Like, I don't want anyone to know that I'm 45 years old or 50 and I haven't started, or I have some fun somewhere and I don't even know what it is. And it's long gone with some bank. And, um, you know, we have to stop that. It's never too late. You have to start somewhere, at least start looking at what do I have and coming up, using the tools and resources to come up with a plan, even if it's cursory in the short term. Yeah, I love that. It's so important to call that out because I think too often as women, we start to come into our own later in life. And I found myself saying this as do other women. I don't really care what other people think anymore. I don't care. I'm over that. I'm over that. And to the same extent, we've got to really put ourselves in the right mind space and see this as a part of health. I love the way you frame that, that this is a stress release. This is a way for you to take back really your health. And 
What's going to keep you alive for those children that you love, that spouse that you're with, that partner, you know, you hope to spend your your life with? So what are the big mistakes then that women make, if we can recap that? Because I think you've mentioned a few. Oh, my goodness. Lot, there's lots of them that I see. And, you know, repeatedly, I just saw some of these mistakes with talking to a girlfriend that approached me yesterday. But, um, you know, I would say, you know, back to earlier discussion about not saving uh, or investing early enough, even if it's a small amount. And again, there's it's never too late. Just don't put it off. Get started. There is a compounding effect that the Every day that you're missing out will actually, you know, cost you from some of that that increase. Um, I think, again, women do not tend to not take the time out to focus on their financial plan uh, for their future. This isn't a 15-minute process. This is something that you really need to invest the time uh, to understand your own goals and circumstances and how to create that plan. Um, And it's not static. it, It will change. So again, putting that to the top of the list and saying, I'm not going to accept any interruptions this afternoon. This is what I'm working on. It's just as important as everything else. But again, that's a mistake I see women doing as it goes to the bottom all the time and they just don't um, action it. I would say this one drives me crazy. Um, Don't take stock tips um, from friends and family (laughs) instead of experts. um, To me, a stock tip here and there, it's like playing the crap tables in Vegas. It really is. Um, Learn to get, you know, feedback from from experts, but also it's the methodology and framework and plan that's important because you'll win one, but you'll lose one. So um, I I hear that one time and time again, which uh, I I do think is a a tremendous error. Um, Relying on significant others is another big mistake. And I think that's something I I covered at the beginning that, you know, delegate and saying, okay, well, you take care of that and I'll take care of the budgeting and the kids and so forth. We need to, you know, stop that and say, I need to be 50% at the table you need to, women need to play an integral role, join their spouse for the discussions with the financial advisor, any point in time of any financial decision, put yourself out there to say, I want to be a part of this. And if you don't understand, take the time to learn so that you have the knowledge to be that equal uh, informed partner at the table. Um, And another one I will mention, um, just because of the current environment with COVID, interest rates are extremely low. I hear so many women, they come into a little bit of money or get a bonus and they want to pay off their mortgage um, because that gives them peace of mind. And uh, I think that's a big mistake. Interest rates are so low. Instead of paying off your mortgage, that money you could be investing. And I guarantee you're going to make more than what your mortgage is going to cost in terms of returns from the market. Um, so I think, again, that is one a big mistake that people just assume they want to get out of debt. And I'm saying, okay, well, do you have credit card debt? Well, yes. Well, that's going to be a lot higher of an interest rate than your mortgage. So I think understanding that, don't assume that paying off your house, you know, is going to give you that security. Um, I guess it it will a little bit, but certainly it's not what I would recommend in terms of how you uh, deal with your finances. Again, you want to invest and you want to pay off any, you know, high high percentage uh, debt. 
Okay. And this is really important. It shows you how important it is for you to understand the tools of finance, how things work, what is going to be more expensive in the long run versus the short run terms that you're mentioning, you know, with compound interest and all kinds of things, rates, what else is happening in the marketplace. So here's one that's near and dear to my heart. And I think that it's factored into your own life personally as well. This passion for passing it on, getting our next generation coming up, that group of millennials, or sorry, not millennials, Gen Xers, Gen Z, Gen Z, however you say that, American Canadian, how can we partner with them? How can we help them take away a little bit of the lack of confidence or the that, that timidness that they may have as women coming into their own and maybe getting into the job market. How can we help these young people going forward, these young women in particular? That is a great question. And I find some of the you know data points around some of those generations uh, very interesting. So one comment I'll make, um, you know, we talk about being 50% at the table. Well, when you interview millennials, a very high percentage, let's say 90% say, yes, I'm going to be an equal decision maker in the finances with my spouse, partner. Um, but then when it actually comes down to it, two years into the marriage, they actually tend to delegate more. So again, some of those reasons are, well, I don't want to create a fight. He knows more than I know. These same, you know, myths persist. So um, so I think it's important to really make sure that that has to remain the same um, to continue with that, that you believe that's how it should be then, you know, stay true to that path. Um, and I would say starting to invest and uh, in saving early again, back to that full stop. The earlier we can encourage our children. Uh, Rose, I've spoken to you about some of the strategies I employed with my own children um, and one being, you know, when they were very young, I, you know, built them a portfolio, you know, three or four stocks. It really wasn't about making money, but it was helping them to understand. And I purchased stocks that they could relate to. So Disney, um, yeah. you know, Aritzia, one of the filmmakers that uh, produced a film, Lionsgate, that they loved. And so what I would do is draw upon, you know, news that came out. So for example, you know, movies have gone down this year, people aren't watching them. And then I could show them how that impacted their movie stocks and how then all the movie stocks will tend to kind of move together. Um, so, you know, retail sales are down. You hear these stats and I say, okay, Aritzia is a retail chain. Now you see why that stock is down. So again, it wasn't about them making all kinds of money and feeling excited about that. It was understanding what they had in there. Um, I also included bank stocks, uh, one each, so they could understand and start to learn about, you know, bank stocks pay dividends. How does that factor in? So some basic fundamentals um, just to start getting them interested. Um, so there's, you know, lots of strategies um, that I can recommend, but it's engaging them. Um, you know, budgeting, all of those things, teaching, you know, the younger generation, the, you know, want versus a need. You know, we have to stop and say, okay, do I really need that? Um, you know, waiting, I have this thing, you wait 24, 48 hours for any big impulse purchase and see if you really want to spend the money. Um, and then the last one for that generation, again, everyone uses credit cards and Again, easily, easily to rack up. I know from my daughter's own experience, uh, her first term at university, when I got a $1,000 Uber Eats bill uh, on her credit card, they're not realizing how much these things are adding up. 
So to dissect their credit card, have them look at it and say, where did I spend money? And really just not pay it off, but closely look at some of the money that's really being um, wasted that could be diverted into savings. I think reing, you know, encouraging some of those uh, early habits um, would be quite powerful. I like that. That's a great way to break the cycle, to actually get them excited about things that are meaningful. You know, I had my eye there on on Netflix and it's hit record highs. So understanding how the way we live and the problems or the challenges out there that might present also opportunities for you and seeing the dynamic play. I love that. You've given them great hands-on experience, I'm sure. And my thought too, as I'm listening to you, Tula, and you're mentioning different girlfriends that sort of silently come up to you and say, P.S., I kind of am embarrassed. I need a little bit of help. Maybe this is a chance to tag team with someone. Look at your circle of girlfriends and ask them, to tell the truth, do they really understand how things work? And why not make it a uh, one hour a week where you sit and have a glass of wine together and you do this together? I love that. I love that. And and what it does is it makes you accountable. I like the idea of saying to a girlfriend, okay, we're both embarking on this journey. We both can improve. Let's hold each other accountable. We're going to do you know this part of it within two weeks and follow up with each other. It's so different than your boss. You have something due and you know someone's going to check on you and you don't want to say, oh, sorry, I didn't get to it. So um, we need to find ways to make ourselves accountable. And if it helps to get someone else to hold us to it that we trust, I think that's a really, really great uh, approach, Rose. I love it. It's your jogging buddy, your health buddy. This is your wealth buddy. Your wealth buddy. And again, women need to not be embarrassed. That's the, I was telling you a story about you know, I'm in a room of a number of financial professionals, females, and, and talking about investing, you know, it was you know, a common uh, theme that because they're in financial services that everyone expects them to know about investing. So they feel they just nod their head and go, yeah, yeah, I know that stuff. But that's not, investing is a total, you know, different stream of knowledge. And so it doesn't matter what your job is, whether you're a lawyer, or a teacher, this is a very, very specialized knowledge. And there's like, you're not expected to know all of this. So women have to stop feeling stupid, put up their hand and say, no, I don't understand that. Can you, you know, go over that again? Um, And again, and not feel you're not dumb. You know, most people don't know this stuff unless you're doing it, you know, in and out, you know, day by day. So um, that, that needs to go out the window. There's no shame. Um, you know, in, in asking questions when it comes to financials. I love that. It is a language. It's like picking up a new language and we're not embarrassed. That's a great way to put it, Rose. Yes. Yeah. And it's not an easy language, but once you get started, then the confidence comes and you break down some of those barriers. You've made it fun. This is what I also like because I know I've been all around both websites and I love them. They're visually compelling. They're interactive. You know, I almost feel like we really don't have any excuse. And especially now when we're looking at the ramifications of what has happened to the job market, the unemployment rate, the fact that we are in the situation around the world where finances are critical. Another point I would make, you know, if people are losing their jobs or have financial, you know, difficulties, especially during COVID when it's impacting so many people, um, if you need to draw down on savings or if you do have some investments, understanding the implications 
Uh, because some accounts you may pull out of, you're going to have a big tax issue coming up potentially and some other accounts and, and just understanding how to manage that if you really do uh, need to, uh, to liquidate something, making sure you've got the right knowledge to support that decision. That's great. I'm so impressed. We've got a great story about Tula that's coming out at womanscape.com that will share her expertise, but you've been, you know, nominated for top 40 under 40. You are one of the hundred women in Canada to watch. You've been named one of the youngest at Scotia Bank to be a, a leader in your investment field. You've got how many years of wealth management knowledge behind you, Tula? I think I'm looking at about 20 five years. Don't want to date myself, but, uh, you know, I started when I was a little kid. No, um, I, I got into financial services right after I finished my, uh, MBA and then quickly realized my passion, uh, for wealth management and finances. Um, so yes, it's many, many years and all aspects of the business. So I know what it's like to be a client, uh, different kinds of advisors. Uh, as you know, I managed one of the largest independent wealth management companies in Canada. Uh, a while back. Um, so I, my, my knowledge comes from being very intimate with, you know, I call it the good, the bad, and the ugly of the industry. Um, so all the things that I've learned that really uh, want to share with other women uh, in order to, to help them understand some of the, the factors at play and, and some of the, the ways that we actually, you know, sabotage ourselves um, before we get started. Uh, well, on behalf of everyone, truly, uh, on behalf of half the sky, I know I can't speak for every woman in the world, but I am grateful for the Women's Collection and Smart Money for Her and all the groundbreaking work that you are doing, you and your team, Tula. You're fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. And I'm going to encourage people as well to follow you. That would be great because lot, like daily we come out with just little tips uh, again about how to get started on something or something to think about in terms of your financial future. Um, because again, this should be a daily thing. It's just like, like getting groceries and nourishing your body. Um, so I hope more women really put this at the top of their priority list. Um, that That is my vision. Um, and that's what would make me very fulfilled that we continually move that dial and increase the number of women actioning their financial literacy and wellness. Great. Thank you so much, Tula. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Rose. You're so welcome. So as we leave, everyone, check out the Women's Collie. I love their Instagram feed. Certainly go to thewomenscollection.ca and look for Tula's podcast as well. And look forward to another round at some point in the future, Tula. Wish you all the best. Take care. You too, Rose. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Stories.